Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death's construction. In the fields of bodies burning. As the war machine keeps turning. Death and hatred to mankind. Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Here we are, the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network, via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscano. I nearly forgot what my name was. That's what happens when you start new blood pressure medication. That's right, it's uh, Joseph Toscano, T-O-S-C-A-N-O. If you have any writs, happy to accept them. Um, and <laughs> I think... The- Yes, I'm getting a bit cocky these days. As you get older, you get cockier because you know death's around the corner, so you don't worry as much. But I've always thought it's a, it's kind of a no-brainer being an atheist. I've been an atheist for a long time now, and I'm thinking, if there's God, I'm in real shit. I'll be in eternal damnation, and if there's no God, death is the end of life, so I better enjoy it. So that's what I'm doing. Now, if you wonder what anarchy is all about, an anarchist society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making power. That's direct democracy. It's a society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. A very conservative, nice concepts. What can you say? That's what it's all about. Now, let's, what we're going to start off on. I think we'll start off on the last vestiges of public interests. Now, those of you who uh, continue to, uh, or bother to listen, read, and, you know, and the uh, corporate-owned media, and to a lesser extent the Government Guild at ABC, may have been surprised to hear that a report that came out of the Prime Minister's Office. That's right, Prime Minister's Office. P-R-I-M-E-M-I-N-I-S-T-E-R-S. The Chief Honcho, after the corporate sector, obviously. The Chief Honcho, the Chief Puppet, Mr Abbott, the Chief Parliamentary Puppet, Mr Tony Abbott, that came out of the Prime Minister's Office, was canvassing the idea of uh, charging people to send their kiddies to public school. And now I may be old, but I'm not, you know, but I do remember, I don't think I'm not old enough to be around in the 1870s, but I do remember three secular compulsory education is a cornerstone of Australia. A cornerstone. 
And when you have the government of the day attempting to destroy the last vestiges of a public education sector, you know enough is enough. You know that something needs to be done and it needs to be done now. Because as I've said over the last few programs, we have seen all the reforms that have been made since the Eureka Rebellion on the 3rd of December 1854 to the dismissal of the Whitlam Labor government uh, in 1975, the 11th of November, all those reforms, or a huge number of those reforms, have been swept away, swept away in a privatisation, deregulation, corporatisation, globalisation tsunami, which has been engineered by that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication, which have now become the parliamentary puppet masters because we have allowed them to become the parliamentary puppet masters. And what we've seen over the last few years, especially since the election of this government, is the acceleration of that deregulation, privatisation, corporatisation revolution. And it is a revolution because what it has done, it has changed the very nature of our society. The very nature of our society. Now, you may have had enough. You may, if you're old enough, be really disgusted and angry at seeing all those things that you fought for for so long being swept away. Not for the public interest, but for the corporate interest, for corporate interests. Because the whole point of this leaked paper from the Prime Minister's office, the whole point is basically to destroy what is left of the Gonski initiatives, which, to a small degree, attempted to address the inequalities that exist between the public and private education sector. Just a tiny reforms. And the whole purpose of this leak, which they've jumped on, which I believe they have leaked themselves, was to change the focus of the debate from the public education sector to the private education sector. And that's what we're seeing in almost every aspect of our lives. And to see the last vestiges of a free, secular, compulsory education sector, which was introduced in the 1870s in a significant number of parts of Australia, including Victoria, is extraordinary. And to see the debate which has followed this leak, so-called leak, 
from the Prime Minister's office highlights how far the public sector has been pushed into the ground, is having their noses rubbed into the ground, especially by this government, who, as you all know, its major responsibility is to create ever-increasing profits for their corporate puppet masters. So now is the time. Now is the time. Whether you're on the electoral roll or not is irrelevant. But now is the time to join public interests before corporate interests. Now is the time before the last vestiges of the public public sector are forever removed. Now is the time. So if you are interested, if you are interested in ensuring there is public health, public infrastructure, public education, publicly owned enterprises. That's right. Publicly owned enterprises. Dirty word in 2015. The word public has become a four-letter word, although it's spelt with six. It's become a four-letter word in 2015 in the discussion. I mean, the public sector is for those losers. It's not for everyone anymore. It's just for those people who will never get anywhere. Just contain them there, give them a minimum of education, send them out. That's what's happening to public education today. And if people like you and me don't band together to put a stop to this, it'll continue until there'll be nothing left. Because remember, the leak came from the Prime Minister's office. A man who will do anything in order to promote the interests of his mates in the church sector. Anything. And if it means destroying the public education sector, he is quite happy to ensure it's destroyed. Do you know who public enemy number one is today in Australia? Do you know who public enemy number one? Public enemy number one isn't the fools fighting for ISIL. They're not public enemy number one in this government's viewpoint, in the media's viewpoint. Public enemy number one are people like you who want to put, who demand that public interests be put before corporate interests. Who are the public enemies in the legal sector? Those poor bastards who for decades have been working in community legal aid centres. Denigrated, pushed around and now marginalised and almost financially excised from the budget. Who are public enemy number one? Those poor doctors who have bulk billed since the introduction of bulk billing in 1972, who are now being forced by government legislation into bankruptcy because they continue to bulk bill their patients. They continue to put their interests of their patients before their pocket. They have become public enemy number one. Who is public enemy number one in Australia in 2005? As I said, it's not those fools fighting for ISIL. 
It's those public servants who have worked day in and day out in order to provide services to the public who are now denigrated, marginalised. They're public enemy number one in Australia in 2015 as far as the Abbott-led government is concerned. Who is public enemy number one? Every unionist in this country. Every unionist in this country is a criminal. Every trade union, if we listen to the Government Guild at ABC and the corporate-owned media and the government of the day, every trade union is a den of criminals. Because what we have seen is through the use of the media the successful marginalisation of potentially one of the most important organisations in this country, the trade union movement, which formed the Australian Labor Party in the early 1890s after the collapse of the Shearer strike in 1891 and 92, when workers decided they would try the parliamentary path instead of the direct action path. So what's wrong? with the Australian Labor Party having links to the trade union movement. We all know, although we're never told, the Liberal National Party is basically the plaything of the corporate sector, is the plaything, the creation of that small section of society that owns the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication, is the plaything of a feral media whether it's Fairfax or News Corporation or AP News or the Government Guild at ABC, which does almost everything in its power to marginalise and criminalise people involved in the trade union movement as well as the trade union organisation. Where do you think you would have been today if there wasn't a trade union movement in this country? How do you think that most of the Liberties we take for granted today, the ability to get holiday pay, the ability to get overtime payment, the ability to get workers' compensation, and the list goes on and on. Where do you think it would have been if we left it to the marketplace? If we, you know, if we turned up our noses at trade unions, obviously there are bad eggs in every organisation. I personally know a lot of bad bad eggs. But that doesn't mean the organisation is bad or the concepts are bad. And that's the difference between 2015 and the 1940s and 50s and 60s and and the 70s. It was legitimate activity for workers to be able to withdraw their labour in order to bargain to improve their situation. Now it is a criminal offence under law in this country to withdraw your labour. Unbelievable situation we find ourselves in in 2015 and we have allowed it to happen. So you've got an option. You can suck it up, baby. Suck it up. Say that's the way life is. You can't fight City Hall. You can't fight the corporate sector. We're just going to have to accommodate them. Fight for the crumbs that that are swept off the corporate table. Or... Think about joining 
community groups, like coming together of like-minded people. I mean, public interest before corporate interest was established two months ago for that very reason, to conduct parliamentary foray and also to conduct, you know, uh, mass actions in order to put the public interests before corporate interests, to put the public first, to put us as part of this society first. I am sick and tired of listening about philanthropists, people who direct their money to assist the deserving poor. I am sick and tired of listening to all the assets that go into the private health sector from the public purse and all the assets that go into the private education sector from the public purse and all the goodies which go into corporate hands, which go into the unaccountable boardrooms of national and transnational corporations from the public purse, I am sick and tired of hearing about it and not seeing anything done about it. The occasional inquiry, the occasional tut-tut, the occasional persons gets up on the government guild at ABC and sprouts a few words, not the uh, corporate-owned media, you know, who talk about freedom of the press. Well, the only freedom you've got in the press in this country is the freedom to buy advertising. So, join public interest before corporate interest. Have a look at their website. Public interests before corporate interests. Very sorry. Have a look at their Facebook page. Let's get it right, Joe. You may be you may be a luddite, but get it right. Public interest before corporate interests. Just Google that or whatever you do if you search engine. I'm not going to use the word Google. My apologies. Slap slap. Bad boy. Advertising them. Use your favourite search engine. Public interests before corporate interests. Uh, have a look at their uh, Facebook page. Uh, look at their website. P-I-B-C-I dot net. It's very important you put in the dot net. P-I-B-C-I dot net. Download their uh, application form. Have a look at it. You're happy? Join up. The more the merrier. We've already uh, got a number of branches which uh, have been established. Uh, you can email them at info at P-I-B-C-I dot net. You can uh, write to them at post office box 20. Parkville 3052. It's interesting, the uh, membership of PIPC has now uh, crept over 100, and uh, hopefully we'll have the five or 600 within the next few months. And it's interesting that about a third of PIPC members are actually don't use computers, not interested in computers, so it's quite interesting. And they're not all old. So that's why we uh, have a phone number, 0439 395 489. Ring up, leave a message, somebody will ring you back, have a chat. Or uh, the post office box is post office box 20, Parkville 3052. So now I understand they're having a winter picnic. You like that? A winter picnic in Frankston, Melbourne, next to the Frankston Pier on Sunday, the 5th of July, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. If you're coming along, have a look at the uh, website and uh, or go to the Facebook page and you'll get directions there. Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, the Facebook page, the website, pibci.net. But again, you may think it's not your cup of tea. Well, it may not be. 
the important thing is you need to make some effort in order to turn back the tsunami. Unlike King Canute, uh, the Danish king, Danish-English king, who was uh, unsuccessful in turning back the tides, I'm quite confident that within a few years, public interest before corporate interest, Pipsy, will be on everybody's lips in this country because we have reached that tipping point. We have reached that turning point. We either turn back, as I said before, the deregulation, privatisation, corporatisation, globalisation tsunami now, we all drown. And we're at that point where we will drown if we allow governments and oppositions and other political parties in this country to put corporate interests, continue to put corporate interests before public interests. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Send the podcast to your family. Send the podcast to your enemies. Send it to your friends because what we need to remember is we have more in common than what divides us. As long as we continue to fight and push each other because of the type of work we do, because of our sexual orientation, because of the colour of our skin, because of our cultures, the more we do that, the richer they get. It's us coming together as the public, the people, which they can never defeat. So think about it. Join us. If you don't want to join us, look around, find other groups, whether they're, whether they're parliamentary orientated, direct action orientated. The important thing is that we let a thousand flowers bloom in this country and turn back the, uh, as I said, the privatisation, corporatisation, globalisation, um, deregulation tsunami. This is the Anarchist World this week. Let's move on. Now, long-term listeners to the program, and I think this is before the program went national about a decade ago, may remember Mr. Jerry Herrant. Now, Jerry came into the studios for about at least for five years. He used to... Oh, no, it was more than that. Over 10 years. No, I think about 15 years, because there's a... Came into the studio here uh, on the Anarchist World this week, uh, once a month, once a month, under the pseudonym Ned Ludd, and he talked about matters technological, and he basically rehabilitated the concept of Luddism, because Luddites aren't, as we have been led to believe, mindless machine smashers. The Luddites were a political movement and social movement which used direct action to ensure the technology that was introduced benefited the people as a whole. And a number of Luddites were hung because during the Industrial Revolution, uh, obviously having a political and social movement which uh, questioned how technology was being used in order to enslave people kind of uh, impinged on profits and a number of Luddites were uh, hung in England 
and a significant number were sent across to Australia as convicts. And if you go through the convict records, uh, you will see that uh, a significant number of uh, the convicts that came across uh, were, were Luddites. Just extraordinary when you look at it. So what Ned did was look at technological, looked at technology. And if you go to the Anarchist Media Institute website, anarchistmedia.org, anarchistmedia.org, and press the button, uh, Ned Ludd's Diatribes, there's over almost 200, 200 articles which Ned wrote which he uses the basis for his segment on the anarchist world this week to actually look at technology, look at the furfies regarding technology, look at what was uh, useful technology and what wasn't useful technology. Well, unfortunately, uh, Jerry Harrett, a.k.a. Ned Ludd, died a few weeks ago. And he'd been sick for a significant period of time and uh, he hadn't been seen in the, uh, in, in the public realm. Now, if you live in Melbourne... And you knew Jerry, and you respected Jerry, or you just knew him, and you'd like to uh, attend his memorial, well, there is a memorial on Thursday, that's this Thursday, that's tomorrow, I think it's the 25th, that's right, Thursday the 25th of June, 1pm. Thursday the 25th of June at 1pm at the Wattle Park Chalet. That's the Wattle Park Chalet at 1012 Riversdale, Surrey Hills. You'll get to 1012 Riversdale, Surrey Hills and you'll, it'll be in the Wattle Park Chalet in the middle of a park there and uh, you'll find it. There's signs everywhere. So you're all welcome. It'll be a uh, get-together of people in New Jerry get together with people who respected Jerry uh, to talk about uh, his life and the contributions he made. He made a lot of contributions. Many of the uh, so-called ASIO legislation, uh, the earlier ASIO legislation, is a direct consequence of uh, Jerry's attempts to stymie ASIO's ability to impinge on those few rights and liberties we were able to exercise that he was involved in a a huge number of activities over a lifetime of activism. So, uh, what Thursday the 25th of June, starting at 1pm, Wattle Park Chalet, 1012 Riversdale Road, Surrey Hills. You're all welcome. If you're listening to this in Darwin in New Jerry, well, catch a plane and come down. Why not? This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Scar. I'm hosting today's program. That's right, hosting today's program. If you'd like a compliment, if you'd like uh, to get Ned Ludd's diatribes free of charge, free of charge, go to the website anarchistmedia.org, press the button Ned Ludd's diatribes. There you are, 199, I think. Uh, uh, articles which uh, Ned wrote over a, um, a decade, maybe longer, uh, looking at uh, technological innovations and uh, whether it was uh, useful technology or not useful. Because, you see, technology is not value three. It basically reflects the values of the type of society we have and the type of technology, like oil technology, which is uh, currently in vogue, 
basically represents uh, uh, the economic realities at the particular point in time. What economic realities means in black and white is who owns what is the type of technological innovations which are are, um, pushed. And uh, we'll talk about that in in a few minutes. But first of all, citizenship. Now, I don't know if you've been dragged into this citizenship debate and dual citizenship. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to slowly go through this because I think it's important that we understand what's actually happening because obviously this government, the Abbott-led government, you know, the government, the corporate Murdoch's minion, Mr Tony Abbott, uh, is basically, this government is about creating a sense of insecurity, using that sense of insecurity in order to get re-elected and then continue to push their corporate-friendly agenda, privatisation of public education being on the uh, hit list after they uh, attempted to privatise what's left of the public health sector. So here we have it. Citizenship. Look, I'll go go through this step-by-step because I think it's important that people understand where all this comes from. If you're a citizen of Australia, if you're born here, you're a citizen, unless you're a refugee, because obviously there are laws in place to ensure these pesky asylum seekers and refugees they have, have the audacity to have children on Earth, Australian Earth. There's no ways those kiddies are going to have Australian citizenship. You know, How can they have Australian citizenship if they live in Nauru or Manus Island? So... If you're born in this country after 1967, because let's not forget that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, the country's original inhabitants, were not citizens of this country. They'd been legislated out of existence through the Australian Constitution. So, but today, unless you're an asylum seeker or a refugee, if you were born in this country, you are an Australian citizen. End of story. Now, when Mr. Murdoch, me mate Rupert, that's right, me mate Rupert, Rupert Murdoch, wanted to extend his business empire into the US of A, he was forced to renounce his Australian citizenship and become a United States citizen in order to transfer his tax minimizations, tax avoidance business to the United States. Okay? In 2002, in 2002, the Howard government changed legislation to allow Australians to have dual citizenship. Because 2002, in order to obtain Australian citizenship, you had to renounce any other citizenships that you had. So you couldn't be a citizen of Italy and a citizen of Australia simultaneously. You had to renounce your Italian citizenship in order to become an Australian citizen. But in 2002, Mr Howard, greedy to get a lot of foreigners to come here to invest their money, not live here, invest their money, invest their money, change the citizenship law so you could get an Australian citizenship and retain any other 
any other citizenships that you have. That's what dual citizenship is. Okay? Then you've got residents. Now, residents are people who live in this country, who don't have the right to vote, who for whatever reason, unless you were an English, let's not get this, there's always exceptions to the rule, unless you were a British subject who had migrated to Australia before 1986. Now, those people, British residents who migrated to Australia before 1986, continue to have the right to vote. But everybody else, every other resident, doesn't have the right to vote. So residents can and are regularly deported from this country for criminal activity. Okay? So what is the purpose of stripping somebody of their Australian citizenship if they are dual citizens. The only purpose is to prevent them coming back to Australia because they no longer have an Australian passport. That's what it's about. Now, anybody who is fighting overseas currently, well, not anybody, let's, not, let's, let's get this right, because you can go and join the Israeli army and there's no repercussions. But, say you're fighting for the Kurds or ISIL in these designated areas, because again, it's designated areas, right? And you wish to come back to Australia, there are laws in place which mean you're arrested at the airport. Bang. In place, arrested at the airport. So what is the purpose of all this debate about removing dual citizenship. Now, some countries take away your original citizenship if you become a dual citizen of another country. So some of these people on dual citizenships actually only have Australian citizenship. So what is the purpose of all this? Well, the purpose of all this is to make us think the Australian government is doing something to protect us. That's what it's about, doing something. But what's more frightening is the fact that the power to strip somebody of their citizenship, which is the basis, the very basis of their of their relationships within the Australian community, the very basis of what you are, it's the very essence of what human beings are in a world which is dominated by nation-states, is to prevent, to make these people somebody else's problem. But the important thing was the fact that they wanted initially for the minister to be able to strip somebody of their citizenship. Let's not forget the bikey laws in Queensland and to a lesser extent New South Wales, that the bikey laws are not actually directed solely at bikies. The bikey laws can be directed at anybody. So today it's the fools fighting for ISIL that are in the government's gun site. But tomorrow, allowing the minister on advice from ASIO, that's right, or ASIS, to strip somebody of their dual citizenship 
is an exceptionally dangerous proposition. And it's a dangerous proposition because it means that one person has the potential to basically do what he he or she likes in order to stymie any political opposition. And today it could be people fighting for ISIL and tomorrow it could be members of PIPSI, public interests before corporate interests. Because maybe their campaign gains a little bit of traction and uh, Australians begin to listen. So it's an interesting proposition. So it's about protecting the individual from the arbitrary exercise of state power. And that is the biggest issue that we face today. Protecting the individual from the arbitrary exercise of state power. And that's why we theoretically have a judicial system which looks at this. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Now, there's a lot of issues bubbling along. And the thing is that we shouldn't just think in terms of issues. Because if we think in terms of issues, what we are doing is we are responding to a significant degree to their agenda. This week it's public education. Next week it's, you know, uh, marriage equality. The week after that it's the cross, you know, it's pedestrians crossing. And you just jump, jump from point to point to point to point. So the anarchist world this week is about looking at things in a broader context. Because if we want change, we need to understand what's happening around us. Because every day we are told, as Australians, we live in the land of milk and honey, that we've never had it so good, that what are we complaining about? Well, what we are complaining about is very simple. What we are complaining about is over the last 30 to 40 years is most of the reforms that were put in place through the blood, sweat and tears from public assets to individual liberties to the type of monetary return you get for the type of labour you, you're involved in, type of work you're involved in, all came through struggle. They all came through struggle. And what we've seen in the last 40 years is everything been slowly whittled away. I know I talk about it every week, but that is the reality. For example, you can pick up any newspaper, listen to any radio station, watch any television news in this country, and look at most a significant number of uh, websites... And you will see the same ideas over and over and over again. The public sector is for losers. End of story. It's only the rich and powerful who deserve 
what they have, and they've done it through their work. Well, I've never seen anybody make millions of dollars through their own sweat and tears. They make it through every, everybody else's sweat and tears. That's how it works. So there's this constant, constant non-debate about what's happening. And we all hear about, as I said before, about the criminal activities of the trade union movement. But we don't hear about how legislation has been passed that actually criminalises people withdrawing their labour. And more importantly, we never hear about, never, never in a month of Sundays, we never hear about all the corruption, all the things that are happening in the private sector. We never hear about how the private sector has its hands in the public till, as it greedily force-feeds itself like a pate duck, feeds itself at the expense of everybody around us. We never hear about that. We never have a debate about the 24-carat leaners, the Rupert Murdochs of the world, people who receive tax refunds while making billions of dollars of profit. We never hear about it. We never hear about their business interests, except to tell us they're making more record profits so we can get more people involved you know, to buy in their shares. We hear the talk about homelessness and the increasing difficulty in renting or getting a deposit to buy a house. But we never, never hear about negative gearing. The fact that you can actually borrow money to buy shares and then offset your losses as a tax deduction. You don't hear about it. And you never hear about corporate welfare. Occasionally, occasionally, through a little bit of public pressure, some squib inquiries held into tax minimisation or tax records. After years of struggle, the Greens finally convinced the Labor Party, not the Liberal National Party, to hold a Senate inquiry into tax minimisation and tax avoidance. Years of struggle. You never hear about the fact that there are people, who, powerful, wealthy people in this country, who legally pay no tax. You don't see them named in a board of shame. All we hear about is their great philanthropic efforts. You look at Australia's richest 200th, and you never hear about it. And then we're told, ad nauseum, that we need to you know, tighten our belts, that we all need to work together to resolve the country's problems. Well, we don't need to work together to resolve the country's problems. What we need to do is sweep away sweep away the corporate parliamentary puppets 
you know, sweep them away. Just like garbage, sweep them away. Start again. I mean, it's an extraordinary situation we find ourselves in. And I know I've said this every week, and most likely I'll say this every week till the day I die, and hopefully then somebody else will take it up. 25 million people living on a continent. 25 million people living on a continent. And we have over a million children living in poverty. Over a million children living in poverty. And when I say poverty, I'm talking about having enough food on the table, having been warm, warm enough in winter, been actually able to access something that's decent in life. We have 33% of Australians, one in three, forced to survive on social security benefits. 33%, one in three. And we have us fighting each other, thinking, you know, that bloke there, that woman over there that's got the funny headgear, that looks different, got the slanty eyes, I'm in the trouble I am. I can't get a job. My kids can't be educated. You know, I can't get a hospital bed because of them. Well, it's not because of them. It's because of policies like Howard's dual citizenship rules, which have been designed to ensure that those with assets, those with money, continue to buy more assets and make more money, and those who rely on their labour to survive, who are forced to live on Social Security benefits, never get anywhere. And more importantly, and this is where it really, really stinks, this is where it's really hard, more importantly, the social elevator, which was established in the 60s and 70s, to ensure that everyone had an equal access to the ability to, you know, uh, find themselves, more importantly, to develop themselves to their fullest potential through the education sector, has slowly been whittled away and destroyed, whether it's through compulsory fees for the tertiary sector, whether it's through money being diverted from the public sector into the private, secondary and primary school sector. And it goes on and on. So we have now reached a situation, a critical situation in Australian society. We may not realise it, that two-thirds of this country is in recession. The capital cities, Sydney, Melbourne and maybe Brisbane to some degree, are you know chugging along. But two-thirds of this country are technically already in recession. Not my figures. Real figures. But the key is, the social elevator has not only been stopped, it's been dismantled. So people cannot crawl out of the situation they find themselves in. There is no way they can. And it goes through the day of you're born to the day you die. Superannuation is the classical example. Privatised old age. You privatise old age so you look after yourself. So if you've got a wonderful paying job when you're young and your superannuation increases, 
rapidly over your lifetime. And then when you've got disposable income, there's all these wonderful schemes which cost the taxpayer over $35 billion per year, which allow the richest 2% to salt their money away in superannuation legally without and pay minimal taxation. While if you worked hard all your life, worked hard all your life, your super will never, never be able to support you through your old age. Because the way legislation has been passed in this country, whether it's the judiciary, whether it's legislation involving you know courts and the judiciary, whether it's legislation uh, involved in terms of wages and conditions at work, whether it's legislation which revolves around your access to public education or public health. Legislation has been passed in such a way as to ensure that those with the least die with the least and those with the most have the most toys when they die or more importantly their kiddies have the most toys when they die when you look at the Rupert Murdochs of the world. And we are told constantly to look up to these people as our heroes and heroines, our mentors, that people we should aspire to be, you know, the aspirational generations. That's what we have. We should aspire to be like these people who have never, never paid their own way, who've got where they've got by exploiting other people's labour, by putting pressure on parliamentary representatives to pass legislation which ensures that their business business interests and their business interests alone take precedence over the interests of the public at large. That's a dilemma because it's now institutionalised. Those pathways which had been created through struggles, as I said, between the 3rd of December 1854 and the 11th of November 1975, those pathways have been dismantled. They've been incinerated. Whether it was public assets, Telstra, Telecom, the Commonwealth Bank, and the strength of public assets, as I said before, was not the fact that it returned a dividend to the public, which then could be reinvested in public assets. But the strength of public assets in a mixed economy is that it provides real competition to the private sector. So when you remove that competition by privatising those public assets, what you do is you give the private sector a free reign to charge what they like. And this is what we see consistently. We have now seen institutionalised poverty, institutionalised people find themselves in situations they cannot work their way out of. And that has occurred because of the legislation that's been passed by both Labor and Liberal over the last uh, 40 years, which has put all the eggs into the basket of those people who own the means of production, distribution, exchange and communication and have also incorporated about 15% of Australians in that lifestyle where they have got the assets where they can negatively gear, they can actually have the assets where they can uh, borrow money 
for, for uh, stock market investments, which then they can claim as a tax deduction, and the list goes on and on. So what's, actually, what's happening is those who are wage earners find that they continue to carry the can in this country. You've been listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscano. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. 3cr.org.au You can write to me, yes, I still answer letters, I do it every Wednesday night at Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052 Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052 You can leave pleasant messages, I delete unpleasant messages, not that I get unpleasant messages, must have been a year ago since I got one, on 0439 395 489 0439395489 You can go to anarchismedia.org anarchismedia.org Download what you like, pretend it's yours Send it to your friends, no copyright Maybe you should mention where you get it from Then they won't read it uh, Want to join PIBC, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest Their website, pibci.net They've got a Facebook page How modern can you be? Go to Public Interest Before Corporate Interest and your search engine may or may not show you where they are. Uh, once again, you can uh, email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening to us on the Community Radio Network and thank you to all those radio stations that are not on the Community Radio Network that take the Anarchist World this week. If it's the first time you've listened to the Anarchist World this week and you don't like it, listen in next week and I'll punish you again. If you do like it, Alert your friends to it, because the important thing is that we need to work together. We need to overcome the artificial divisions that are created. I mean, there's only one real struggle, and that real struggle is about ensuring everybody, everybody in this country and on this planet has access to this country's and planet's resources, that each and every one of us have the ability to develop ourselves to our fullest potential. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. Listen in next week on your local community radio station. My name's Joseph Toscano. Well, that's what it was at the beginning of the program. I haven't been arrested, so it'll continue to be next week. So listen in next week on your local community radio station to the Anarchist World this week. You've got to give me a destruction Sorcerer of death's construction An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week. Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.